So they've made these products for a long time, and they just announced the other day that several products that were made between 2006 and I believe 2010 or 2011, somewhere in there, are going to be end of life. So they're going to stop getting new software updates. They're going to stop getting new features. Anything new that comes to newer speakers in the lineup, the older speakers are not going to get. And this caused a tremendous backlash. And then to make matters worse, what Sonos did was they said, listen, if you want to upgrade any of these speakers that are going to be end of life, you let us know, give us a serial number. We'll put those devices into recycle mode and give you 30% off any new Sonos speaker. Now, the problem with that is recycle mode basically puts the device in a 30-day countdown, and then at the end of that countdown, the device no longer works. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards. I am still John Rettinger. You are still John Rettinger. Geared Up is your weekly look at the world of consumer electronics and tech. And John, I've been waiting with bated breath for a full week to do this show with you. I teased it. I teased teased it a little bit. I feel like you should be waiting on bated breath every week to do a show with me. You know what? You're right. (laughs) You are the one and only John Rettinger, and I should be waiting with bated breath. And I'm not saying that I'm not, but just this week in particular, there's an extra level of hype and excitement based on your teaser last week. Yes. So let me recap. I teased that I was going to film where I had just filmed an exclusive with Tesla. They had reached out to me to say, can you check out this thing and can you film it and can you share it with the audience? And I thought that was a pretty pretty big tease. I, of course, I couldn't say yes fast enough. Tesla says, John Rettinger, we need you to do this for us. The only emails I reply to faster are every year when Qualcomm says, do you want to come to Hawaii? (laughs) That's true. Those are really the only thing, the only times that I ever reply faster. So what do you think? So I know you shared some guesses last week, but what do you think I went to go check out? And I I am allowed to talk about it. I got official approval. Okay. Did your video go live? It has not gone. Oh, maybe by the time people watch, by the time people watch or listen to this, it may be live. But as of this recording, it is not live yet. Okay. So it's going to be, it's going to be a race to see if Geared Up goes live prior to the video. We don't know. But to recap last week, I kind of went through the scientific method, if you will, by saying The Model S, X, and 3 are already out there, so it it shouldn't be one of those. And then the Model Y is coming soon, so it might be that. It might be Cybertruck related. It could be related to a more fleshed out version of full self-driving, which we know should, not we know, but Elon says it's coming soon. So maybe there's like a little preview there. And I was trying to think what, what else might it be you know, besides those things. And I was having a hard time coming up with maybe it could, al- could also be a refreshed Model S, Model X, the new yes, interior. True. So yeah, bringing uh, the Model 3 design into those vehicles, which people have been waiting for, for years, basically. A lot of true. people are saying, you know, I'm not going to buy an X or an S until I see this internal refresh, which I think Elon even said that wasn't happening. Yeah, I mean, that, that was me. I, that was the reason I went for a three instead of a, an S. So at this point, and you told me last week, it's actually none of those things. It is, so none, it is none of those things. That leaves me very curious. So, all right, time to reveal this. Tesla's in another business. Tesla is in the solar business. 
correct? Oh, that is correct. In fact, I have Tesla solar here in my house, and I didn't even think of that. As do I. They are in the energy creation through their solar panels, and they're in the energy storage through their power walls, correct? Yes, yes. So what I had a chance to go take a look at was one of three homes in the world that have Tesla's new solar glass installed on the roof. Oh, wow. And this is really not seen anywhere yet. They're just starting installs in the U.S. And there was one home that was close that I got a chance to go check out, speak to the owner, film what the solar glass looks like, what the roof looks like, and kind of run through all the pertinent information on said solar roof. Okay. And so to back up for a second, Tesla currently has solar panels, which I have on my roof. So I have the Tesla solar panels, which are, they're a little more visually pleasing than the typical solar panels because they have a, they're more like a sleek design, I guess, if you want to put it that way. But you're not talking about that. You're talking about the actual, like the shingles that make up a roof actually have solar built into them. So you don't need panels at all. They are the panels. So I, I can recap. A few years ago, Tesla said, hey, we have these solar roof tiles. They look like regular tiles with a bunch of different styles. It's going to look like a regular roof. It'll generate solar. You should sign up for these. And then they didn't really install any of them. Okay. And then a year later, like, hey, <laughs> we, have our, we have our second gen, which is now better. You should do these instead. And then they only did like 10 houses total. And then they came back and said, listen, now we've got all of our, <laughs> now we've got everything figured out. We have our third gen. We got rid of all the other styles. There's just one style that works. We made the solar cells inside the tiles bigger. We made it easier to install. We got rid of a lot of the problems that plagued our first two generations. Now you can actually get it and have it installed. And that's what I saw. And Tesla is indeed rolling this out. And it looked amazing, first of all. I have a question. Yes. I have a question. Okay. So you mentioned Gen 1, they didn't really install. Gen 2 had about 10 people. So if you're one of those 10 people, do you just have like a crappy Tesla roof? It's not crappy, and it, it, it's definitely not crappy. But, you know, like every generation, it's not as efficient as the generation that came after it, right? If you got a phone sure. with, a Snap, with a Snapdragon 855, it's still a good phone, but it's not as fast as one that might have the 865 coming out, right? Correct, but I don't want to be one of the 10 people to get the, the old phone. I mean, that's I feel that, screwed, especially because how, how you can't, you're not going to upgrade your roof on an annual basis. So I can tell you what happened. So the owner of this house signed up for Tesla Solar Glass, the roof version 2. Okay. That's what ah, he signed up okay. for. And he had agreed to a price and they were all set to go. And Tesla called him and said, hey, we've got our third generation ready. And guess uh-huh. what? It's like $20,000 cheaper. Oh, wow. So the oh, guy was like, interesting. heck yeah, let's do that. So we went to go look at it. We saw it. If you want to know all the math on it, check out the video when it's live. We'll make sure it's... Put a link in the show yeah, notes. Make sure, make sure the channel's in the show notes. But it looks like a regular roof, and it looks like a modern regular roof, which is the biggest compliment that I can give it. Interesting. You could see from a drone which shingles had the solar cells inside of it, but it looked clean. You didn't have solar panels on a roof like you and I have. No matter how, yeah. good, they, no matter how good they look, there's still solar panels on a roof, sure. right? And you could run into issues with reflections into neighbors' houses or neighbors' panels reflecting into your house. All that is gone. It's just straight up your roof. And in a lot of ways, it's actually cheaper to install this than it is really any of the high-end roofing material options. And really? We ran through all the numbers. Actually, I brought in my the best Tesla nerd I know, Ben Sullins, came in and sort of did the math for me. Oh, nice. Former yes. guest of the show, Ben Sullins. He was on the show. Former guest of the ago. show. And current friend. Yes. (laughs) 
So he went through and ran all the numbers and it was it was interesting to see. So while I was hoping for a Cybertruck and I was hoping for a ride in the Model Y or to experience the feature complete full self driving Mm -hmm. or to see the updated plaid Model S, I got to see solar. And it might not sound as sexy as one of those cool cars on the road, but it's a very important part of Tesla's business. And it was very interesting to see. And Tesla, who now is the second most valuable automaker in the world, I should Mm. say, behind only Volkswagen. Impressive for a company that young. Staggering. So back to this roof. So I'm trying to visualize this. So obviously, like we said, we have panels currently. And you don't blanket your entire roof in panels. They kind of optimize what portions of your roof would benefit having panels. With the solar roof, is it basically your entire roof is kind of acting as just one large panel, which in turn would mean you're getting even more solar than someone who who might have gone with panels instead? So you have that option. Obviously, you can make every shingle have the solar cell inside of it. But much like the panels, you don't have to. You know, you can pick where they are and where they're going to be. Ah, Interesting. So you can have a huge array, a small array, whatever you want to sort of meet your electricity needs, which I found to be fascinating. This is the like the toughest kind of FOMO because I don't need my roof replaced. But now you I don't want need your roof replaced. I, right. It's like this. <laughs> you basically hope that something happens to your roof. Something springs a leak or something that requires a whole new roof replacement. Just so that take the panels off and everything. Yeah, I, I need it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, insurance, you pay for it. Oh, man. So when you said it's I have no idea how much a new roof costs. What is the typical pricing if someone wanted to get this done? What is a typical roof cost? You know, it depends on the materials, but usually it's between you know, 30 and 60, 70 thousand dollars, you know, for a okay. roof. And, and this cost is kind of on the higher end of that. But you're also getting solar panels. And to do solar panels, you're looking at usually another ten or fifteen or twenty thousand right. dollars or more, depending on what you want to do. So if you're looking to do both, it's actually a surprisingly a pretty economical way to go. And I don't want to give away all the juicy bits from the video, no. but there was a lot of interesting things that we sort of revealed about Tesla Solar and their solar plans inside of that video. Okay, fair enough. So that was what you got to do with Tesla. Yes, I teased it. We, we teased roof. it and then we revealed it. So don't let right. anybody ever, ever call me a tease. I follow, <laughs> I followed through on what I said. You did. You did. You promised and you delivered. And that's all we can ask of you. So thank you. You're Tesla welcome. Solar Roof. I don't know. I'm, ex- I'm excited about that, even though I'm obviously not going to get one for probably a very long time. Now, so remember that, dear listener. When in three months we hear my co-host being like, I'm getting my new roof installed. (laughs) Tore my roof off the house. We're getting a new one. Oh, man. So let's move on to another topic, a little more controversial. Although some would say solar is controversial, but we're not getting into that on this show. Sonos. Do you know Sonos? Oh, so. Oh, no. Yes, of course I know Sonos. Uh, Sonos is one of my favorite companies. They had to do a bit of backtracking. Well, not, I don't know if they've backtracked, but they did have to re-explain themselves. It looked, like, it looked like a backtrack, but they basically just said the same thing. And for those who don't know, Sonos makes these internet-connected speakers and appli- or audio accessories. So basically, their whole thing is they make speakers that let you access all the music in the world. That's kind of their pitch. And what that means is you buy a speaker, you download the Sonos app on your phone or your computer or your tablet... And you can connect basically any music service that you can think of, whether it's a paid service like Apple Music or Spotify or a free service. 
And you can then stream from those services directly to the Sonos speakers. So again, no matter, you know, I've had trying this out, I've, I've played like radio stations from Japan in my house at no cost, just to, just to try it. Just, it's really all the music of the world. And it really is, especially when it comes to radio stations. And so they've been making these devices for probably a little over 15 years. And they actually launched or recorded the launch video for one of their products about 12 years ago here in my house. Really? So, that's, yes. a fun, that's a fun fact. Yeah. Fun fact. They, I believe it was the CR200 controller. This was before they had an app. You had to actually buy a Sonos remote. It was almost like a smartphone that only had a Sonos app on it, basically. So they've made these products for a long time. And they just announced the other day that several products that were made between 2006 and I believe 2010 or 2011, somewhere in there, are going to be end of life. So they're going to stop getting new software updates. They're going to stop getting new features. Anything new that comes to newer speakers in the lineup, the older speakers are not going to get. And this caused a tremendous backlash. And then to make matters worse, what Sonos did was they said, listen, if you want to upgrade any of these speakers that are going to be end of life, you let us know, give us a serial number. We'll put those devices into recycle mode and give you 30% off any new Sonos speaker. Now, the problem with that is recycle mode basically puts the device in a 30-day countdown, and then at the end of that countdown, the device no longer works. So you basically kill one of your speakers in exchange for 30% off a new speaker, and the whole thing with recycling is recycle is kind of uh, the middle step. It's, it's usually like reuse first. So rather than being able to take the speaker and give it to someone else so they can use it, they're just killing the device and you just have this brick. Literally, you just have a brick in your home. Now, that part of the backlash I can understand. But when you release a device in 2000, and let's just take a random year, 2008, and we are now in 2020. 12 years have gone by. I don't know that I can fault a company for not having the foresight in 2008 to make sure that this device in 2020, an internet connected device, will be able to function with all of the upcoming and new internet connected services that we're going to see 12 years down the road. So to complete the story, can you share what Sonos did now? how they backtracked on that. Yes. So there was this big backlash that was happening and the backtrack was really, it wasn't even a backtrack. So what happened was with the original announcement, it was very matter of fact. It was just, Hey, Sonos here, just letting you know that this list of devices is going to be end of life, which means no software updates going forward. And if you want to upgrade them, we'll do this recycle mode thing and you'll get 30% off. Have a good day. Backlash happens. So a couple days later, which was yesterday, Sonos CEO wrote a, a letter, one of those, you know, public letters to the community. He basically said the same things, but he said it in the way that it should have been said in the first place, which was, you know, here's the reason why this is happening and we're sorry this has happened. Like it had more feeling to it than just, hey, all this stuff you paid for, sorry, done. Here's a coupon. Goodbye. They didn't really backtrack on anything, though. They did reiterate that these devices will work past March. So this happening, this going down in March where these software updates are going to stop. Your device will still work past March. It'll work with the current feature set 
that is on the device past March. But going forward, any new software and any new features, those devices will not get them. They'll only get security updates and bug fixes that apply. Other than that, it kind of stays where it's at in the line at that point. Don't expect anything new. And Sonos just, you know, obviously based on that statement, will update their speakers over time with new features. And, you know, they've been doing this for many years. So there was no real backtracking. It was more of a, let me explain the why this is happening. That didn't really, it made some people feel better, but there's still this backlash because a lot of people are saying, well, I spent, you know, $8,000 to outfit my home in all this gear 10 years ago. And now you're saying it's obsolete. And I always have a problem with that too. Like, let's say you have an iPhone 11, iPhone 12 comes out. People will say, oh, not my iPhone 11, it's obsolete. Like your phone still works fine. You don't have the newest phone, but that doesn't mean it's obsolete because a newer version is available. So I'm obviously on the side, I'm more on the side of Sonos than I am a lot of the consumers on this one, which is a weird place for me to be because I'm usually in agreement with the consumers against larger corporations. But in this case, I can't think of any other tech company that makes internet connected devices, Mm -hmm. cloud connected devices that sells a product and then supports the product for 10 to 15 years before stopping. It's just unheard of. I mean, so you, you explained it eloquently. And I, I think the confusion was consumers thought that Sonos was going to essentially brick their devices regardless of what happened. Yes. I think people didn't realize that they were still going to work as they worked in March. They just weren't going to get any better. Correct. So that was a problem of messaging. And mm. the message was cleared up. And I think it's reasonable to expect anything you buy will not be indefinitely supported. But it does goes to show how things should be phrased and how things need to be phrased. Yeah, for sure. But there still are people, even with that kind of clearing up the message, who are still upset, who are just saying, I paid for an internet-connected speaker that gets updates regularly. I should always have an internet-connected speaker that gets updates regularly. Well, those And people, that's just how it is. To those people, I say grow up. You can't expect them to be scanned for things to be supported all the time right. forever. Just look, look at your cell phone, whether it's an iPhone or an Android device. Eventually, it is not going to get the latest version of set operating system. That's just the way things go. But it's just a matter of communicating it properly. Right. One example I saw thrown out there yesterday by an angry Sonos consumer is how would you feel if your TV after 10 years stopped working? And now, the problem here is Sonos as a speaker will work. At all times, you can plug in a line in, you can use it as a speaker. It's the internet connected portion that's kind of getting, that's where the problem lies. If you bought a smart TV in 2009, that smart TV today does not have Apple TV Plus, does not have Disney Plus, and it likely has a lot of apps that don't work to connect to the services that are installed on the TV because the internet connected portion of that TV hasn't been able to keep up with the growth of the industry, doesn't have enough memory these days to do things. So it's similar. The TV will still work as a television set, but the smart features are not going to keep up with the times. And that's what we're seeing with Sonos here as well. Yeah, agreed. There's just no fair analogy, I don't think, to make. And I get consumers being annoyed. But at some point, I think it's reasonable to expect that not everything will be supported. New things will come out. And can I segue to our next topic with that new things will come out? You can after the break. I lobbed that up nicely. We're going to talk about new things that are coming out. It's coming up next on Geared Up. 
Welcome back to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. As you know, Geared Up is sponsored by National Car Rental. And if you don't know, I also do a show with National Car Rental on YouTube called Technically Speaking, where I bring you the latest, my picks for the best tech for business travel. Whether you're business traveling or even whether you're going for leisure travel, there's a lot of tech out there that can make your travel more efficient or even more fun. You can check these episodes out at the nationalcar.com control center or go to youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. Once again, big thank you to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. All right, John, I know you've been waiting for this one. Besides the solar roof. I am excited. You are excited. You I'm are excited. excited. You're making the switch. You are making the switch to Android. I'm excited for my next phone. Let's recap this. Okay. You're making the switch to Android. You told us last week. But it's not for the perhaps typical YouTuber reason of I want to make a video on my switch, uh, why I'm switching right. and then switching back. Like, you know, like I'm like I've done in the past and a lot of people have done in the past. Mm-hmm. This is more and the short version is for my own education to make right. sure I am continued to be updated on what Android can offer and do by using it on a daily regular basis, not for a certain period of time while I'm testing a right. device. I think it's a well-rounded. Yeah. Tech whatever it is that we want to call ourselves, you want to be well-rounded at it and be able to talk from a position of knowledge. Exactly. I think it's important for anybody in our industry to to do that. So that's what I'm doing. And certainly with these new phones coming out from Samsung relatively soon, it makes made sense to me that that's when I would make the switch. That's the time. So we know a lot about what is coming, right? There's a a lot of, it's ridiculous. A lot of things. So ordinarily like, Oh, Hey, let's talk about the S 11. It will not be called the S 11. XDA's own Max Weinbach has been a leaking machine on fire on fire when it comes to Samsung. Their new phones will be called S20. So the S20, which means they are no longer playing catch up to Apple's number. I mean, at some point that is jumping all over the place. So, right. I guess you can say, you know, we skipped nine versions of the phone. I think it makes sense to streamline their phones to probably only have maybe one version of a Galaxy S and one version of a Note to make just one phone that happens to have a pen with it. And I think we're getting towards that probably in 2021. But there's a lot about these S20s. So there's an S20, there's an S20 Plus, there's an S20 5G, there's an S20 Ultra, allegedly perhaps an S20 Ultra 5G or conflicting reports that the Ultra will automatically come with 5G. And then there's going to be four or five phones. Yeah. And then there's another one, the Galaxy Z Flip, which will be a kind of a razor style flip phone. I mean, so there's there's a lot. So let's run through the specs, shall we? Let's do it. Don't we talk about price first? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And this is all, you know, according to to Max and the folks at Sam Mobile as well. So all rumor, all rumored. Nothing is all subject to change. So from a pricing standpoint, the S20 is said to start at $899. Mm. Okay. And then for the 5G variant, that's going to go up $100 to $990. Okay. All right. There'll be an S20 Plus, allegedly, and I think the S20 Plus will cost $1,100, and a 5G version of that will cost $1,200. Okay. And then we'll have an Ultra version (laughs) in there that should cost around $1,400. And I'll talk about specs, but they're getting pretty intense. So, yes, yes, it is. All phones should be powered by, at least in the U.S., by the Snapdragon 865. There'll be an Exynos version elsewhere, but the Snapdragon ones are really the ones you want to get if you have the choice. 
Fair? I'd say so. Fair. 120 hertz screen. Pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, that will be scaled down to 60 or 90 when you're uh, at full resolution, which is fine. 12 gigabytes of RAM. This is just in the regular S20. A 4,000 milliamp hour battery, which sounds huge until I talk about the other phones. Realize how big those batteries are going to get. <laughs> okay. 128 gigabytes of storage. So three Good. cameras here on the S20. And if you take anything away from the S20, it appears that cameras are going to be the big update here. You know, the years that maybe Samsung catches up to what Google's yeah. been doing, catches up to even what Huawei's doing, catches up maybe. to what Apple's doing. Maybe. Because there's two sides to cameras. There's the, the hardware and then there's the software. Correct. So there'll be a 12 megapixel wide. That'll be a dual pixel uh, with OIS. It'll be a 64 megapixel telephoto with a three, three times optical zoom. What you're keeping track at home is one times more than what uh, Apple's offering. And there'll be a 12 megapixel ultra wide built in as well. So a lot of camera options. Screen size will be 6.2 inches, 1440 by 3200, according to Gorilla Glass 10, all the other stuff you'd expect. So that is the standard S20. So remember, 6.2 inches. Cool. So the entry level is 6.2 inches, $899. Correct. And then we're going to jump up to 6.7 inches which is a pretty big phone <laughs> oh my uh, God. for the plus it yes. should have. And they're saying at least 12 gigabytes of Ram, the same camera sensors as the S 20, but it will have a time of flight sensor. So that's for, okay. for depth mapping and should make, yes. you know, those portrait shots. Yeah. Augmented reality. Correct. Everything else should be the same except for the size and the battery. Remember I said a 4,000 milliamp hour battery. Yeah. How about a 4,500 milliamp hour battery here? So if you are rocking to 5G it. and 120 hertz display, you're going to need a big battery. And it appears that Samsung is really delivering that. I mean, that is a wow. big old battery. Big, right? Now, do we know, it's very big. Do we know, or has there been any rumor as to the 5G and if it'll work on any 5G or if it'll only work on, say, Verizon 5G? So the rumor, at least, is that it will support sub-6 and millimeter wave. So it should okay. work on any of the 5G networks, the various networks and technologies that carriers currently offer. And I would probably argue that you could probably skip another generation of going to 5G and maybe 2021 is the right year to to jump on board. But this year certainly makes more sense than most. But that's not the only phone. How about the big daddy? How about the ultra? (laughs) Let's go. Let's talk about the the big one here. So remember, we went from 6.7 inches, right? With the Infinity O display, you'll have a hole punch camera up front. How about 6.9 okay. inches? No. Huge. That's ridiculous. We're getting, ridiculous. <laughs> we're getting into like iPad mini territory. With a 90.6% screen to body ratio, 509 PPI, 1440 by 3200. Wow. 120 hertz display, all the other stuff that you'd expect with the cameras, except this is where things get, get a little crazy here. Okay. So, all right, you will have a 10 times optical zoom here. Pretty awesome. And 10 alleged, times optical zoom. 10 times optical zoom and allegedly wow. a hundred times digital zoom. Excuse me? You heard me correctly. A hundred times <laughs> digital zoom. I don't know how pixelated a hundred times digital zoom is going to look, but oh man, that is a that is a beastly amount of zoom. That's absurd. Absurd. So 6.9 inches. How big is the iPad mini? 7, 7.9. 7.9. 7.9. Yeah. So I mean you're an inch away. You're an inch shy. <laughs> from iPad mini size. So that is crazy. This is their big daddy, right? Now, isn't this, you mentioned the camera's optical zoom. Isn't that due to a 
like 108 megapixel sensor or something. Correct. And that's why you can do the 100 times sort of digital zoom because you have so much data coming in. And that's one area where I think the megapixels really matter, right? The megapixel wars don't matter too much unless you're zooming in like crazy. Right. Wow. So will matter. You'll also get about, I think, 512 gigabytes of storage and more RAM with just an unnecessary 16 gigabytes of RAM. And you're looking at $1,400. Now, what's interesting with this phone is that it sounds really similar to what OnePlus is coming out with the OnePlus 8, right? Mm. All these phones, maybe a little bit of a bigger, bigger screen here on Samsung. But I'm going to imagine you could probably buy two OnePlus 8s for what this Ultra is going to cost. So <laughs> up to you right. if you want to jump in. These will be announced allegedly and all allegedly at Samsung's Unpacked on February 11th. And that event is not alleged. That event is officially confirmed. Well, the event, I'll the be event there. is confirmed. Will you be there? The, the, I will be there. The event is confirmed allegedly for the phones yes. being announced. All right. So I'll see you there. I will see you there. And next, but that's not the only phone, right? Samsung that's not it. has there's more. There's but wait. So uh, Samsung is not, not, not even teased. They've shown pictures of this thing. A flip phone, right? Like an old school style flip phone. Not yes. like the fold that folds in half. This is from top to bottom. Similar to the new Razer that will be called the Z Flip. Z and Flip. The Z Flip. And here are the specs on said Z Flip. Allegedly, again, 6.7 inch display <laughs> when opened up. 1080 by 1920. A 12 megapixel camera and a 10 megapixel on the front. 865. 256 gigabytes of storage and a 3300 milliamp hour battery. But what's interesting is that the foldable display will be glass or at the very least. That is the most interesting thing. A very thin layer of glass. So it will, the crease will be part of it. It's going to have sort of that crease because that's sort of part of the glass. But the glass is so thin that it can bend. That's been my main complaint with these foldables is the plastic display. So I'm excited to see a piece of folding glass. I'm very intrigued by that. Yeah, because it sounds crazy. Right. So we will, again, see this. I'm excited for it. I wonder what the utility is of a phone that, other than saving room in your pocket and maybe protecting your Mm -hmm. screen, I get the utility of the Fold, right? Opens up into a mini tablet. This one just opens up into the size of like a regular big phone. So 6.7 inches, I don't know the utility, but it should have a couple interesting things that it will do. So the phone will have kind of an infinity style hinge where you could open it like halfway and it'll stay there and you could rest it on mm. a desk and like half the screen will, you know, light up and show you if you're on yeah. a, a duo oh, call or something. So it'll have a little bit more utility with it, but still I'm not sure how useful it's going to be. So are you interested in a flip phone like this? Man, I'm, as I said, I'm very intrigued. If out of all the phones mentioned, oh man, I like the size of the entry level with the features of the Ultra. I don't know how I can't even fathom what a 6.9 inch (laughs) phone feels like in the hand or pocket. I feel like it's going to be kind of unwieldy, but I love that feature set. I love the allure of 108 megapixels, which allows me 10 times digital zoom. I love the thought of that because digital or rather optical zoom, optical zoom on smartphones has been pretty much non-existent um the only you know quote unquote optical zoom that you really get like looking at an iphone for example is when it switches between the three different lenses other than that it's not really you know doing much so seeing 10 times that's just really cool for photography which is what a lot of people consider to be the main feature when they upgrade a phone how good is the camera the flip phone i'm assuming is going to have just 
everything's gonna be standard other than the fact that it can fold everything else is gonna be standard it's gonna have a like a standard you know once it's open a standard display cameras are probably gonna just be this entry-level type cameras so I don't know if the Z flip would really be if I had to pick one phone out of, out of the four or five or however many you just talked about I don't know that the Z flip would be the one I choose how about you which one are you choosing, though? So you you oh, danced you, you danced okay, around okay, it. Okay, you're right. But you're you right. didn't. But you did answer. not give an answer. You're right. Okay. So if, so if let, me, let me rephrase it. If you had to use yes. one of these phones, you know, you had to pick it to mm-hmm. use for for three months, and it really was yes. your only phone. You're going to use it. Which one would you pick? And I know the 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 price points are obviously very different, so maybe not a fair question. But which one are you using? Right. I would use the Ultra. If I had to pick one, I would use the Ultra because it has all the features. It's the one phone that has every feature while the other ones will be missing what the Ultra has. So biggest battery, best camera. For me, those were usually the two biggest things sure. for a smartphone. For me personally, I want the best battery and the best camera I can get. So it would probably be that one, and I would just have to live with the size. Yeah, I think that I'm in the same boat. I think it would probably go on the Ultra side. But, I mean, a, a barely sub-7-inch mm. screen is is gargantuan. Yeah. I thought and you were going to say the Z Flip, if I'm being honest. I want to try the Z Flip, but I have a hard time, at least right now, seeing the utility. And maybe they'll unveil it and they'll show something crazy. I'm like, well, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't see it yet. Okay. Now, they did talk about one other thing that I found interesting, which would be finally, at least for Galaxy phones, something akin to AirDrop. Yes. Now, I don't know if you've read much about this, but I, obviously it'll work phone to phone. But one of the best things about AirDrop proper, if you will, is that it also works phone to computer, computer to computer, computer to tablet, phone to tablet, etc. Is this just Samsung phone to Samsung phone, which means if I have a, a Pixel, I'm left out? So evidently Google's working on their own version of this, which can be Android to Android. But from what I understand okay. from these leaks, it will be Samsung to Samsung. Okay. And that probably means recent Samsung to recent Samsung. Probably so if you have like an S8, S9, you're probably not. Yeah, see, that's the, I understand wanting to, people talk about AirDrop as something that keeps them locked in to the iPhone world, but it's these features or this one feature seems to, it's like AirDrop Lite. Yeah, AirDrop is so universal and this is really just a a subset. Yeah, so it's, it's nice to have, I don't, AirDrop is not a reason that keeps me locked into Apple. It's a nice to have, but not a have to have. I can easily send an iCloud link or a Dropbox link or right. whatever. And it, for the most part, it's, it's the same. It may be another couple steps and a little more cumbersome. But it is nice to see these core Apple features at least make their way to other devices and other platforms. Yeah, for sure. And I think that is significant. You know, the other reason people stick with, with iPhone is obviously iMessage and, and FaceTime is kind of ubiquitous out there. But Duo is also really good. I've been kind of testing it and using it to talk to my folks. I, when I put my kids to bed at night, we... We video chat with my parents. So I could say goodnight to them. And I've been using Duo for that. And I've been very impressed with how good Duo has gotten. So it's the steps in kind of cracking down the Apple wall and offering at least alternatives where previously alternatives did not exist yet. Sure. Absolutely. And that's good to see. So for you, just to be clear, you are making the jump. I am. And it sounds I like am. you asked me a hypothetical, but your answer is not a hypothetical. It no, sounds it like is. unless the Z Flip has something spectacular to it, you are going to be carrying in your pockets or in your handbag yes. a, a Galaxy S20 Ultra. 
that is a true story. I still really want the Galaxy Fold. In all honesty, that's still the phone that I really am kind of jonesing after. Hmm. I got a hard time buying it now, though. You know, it's still right, two thousand. Right. It's still two thousand dollars. It doesn't have Android ten. You can't buy that used, yet. by the way. You don't want to buy a used phone. No, that's why. That's one of the few phones I won't even consider buying used. I just don't know how that hinge right. has been abused or what's happened to it. So I mean, I'm really jonesing after the fold to pair with a Galaxy Active Two smartwatch, which I'm pretty excited to rock as well to replace my Apple Watch. But I probably will still go with the Ultra. And we'll see what okay. Samsung sends for prefer press units, and I'll probably just go with that. But I yeah. imagine the Ultra will be uh, the phone that they're sending. And there has not been any rumors of an update to the Galaxy Fold itself, right? I, I mean, at, for this event. Not for this event. There are rumors that a Galaxy Fold 2 or an up sequel to it will be coming in Q2. Okay. And there are some rumors with that as well. And that's, you can kind of predict what it's going to be. So here are the updates for the Galaxy Fold, allegedly here. I didn't realize that there was even rumored specs, but okay. And again, this is from Max Weinbach, who quotes on Twitter, I just got word that Samsung, this is at Max Weinbach, I just got word that Samsung will likely launching the true Galaxy Fold successor in Q2 of this year. If I've conglomerates all of the different reports correctly, it should have an 8-inch display, 108-megapixel camera, ultra-thin glass, S Pen. Yes. How about that? Snapdragon 865 and 5G. So this fold sounds more like a Galaxy Note fold to me. Yes. This sounds way more intriguing to me than the first version. This sounds like a fleshed out version of what the fold should be. And it's a logical next step, right? To get to these devices where maybe there's more room for mass adoption, the generation two and three, you got to get to that first one, right? And certainly they went through their hurdles. For sure. Man, this sounds tasty, right? S Pen with a fold, I'm in. I mean, that sounds amazing. And, you know, Q2, Q2 ends in June. So we're almost in February. We're not that far away. That's true. And if they're going to announce that, then it would make sense that it would be announced at this event. They're not going to have another event. I don't think that they're going to announce it at this event. I really don't. It's either going to be a press release or they're going to have a second event. Like February 11th is the event. We're talking about by June. So they're going to have another event in May just for just for one device. I mean, who knows? Who knows what Samsung's doing? I would thing? assume yes. I don't think that they would want to announce something that's presumably better than their flagships right now and to perhaps cannibalize the sales of people who would want to pre-order, you know, the whatever S20 they're looking at. I mean, don't forget the original Fold was announced before they talked about the S10, the same event. It was shown. You're you're absolutely correct. So Maybe they could show it. Who knows? Maybe there could be a surprise and I'm totally wrong and I would be super excited. And I, if there's an update to the fold, I will shell out the money for it begrudgingly, <laughs> begrudgingly and excitedly uh, to, to try that experience. Exciting times. Samsung is going to have our attention. Again, that event is taking place February 11th. We will both be there. We will obviously bring you our thoughts and opinions after we see these devices and after the event Fact. is done. But I think that's the show. That's a show. That was packed right there. That was a lot Tesla of things Solar to talk Roof, about. Sonos, a bunch of Samsung. Do you have any big teasers for next week? Just out of curiosity. I mean, I don't have anything that big to tease. Okay. <laughs> but we will have excitingness to talk about next week. Yes, we will. So, hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Geared Up. Thank you, guys. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live and John is at youtube.com slash 
John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up, that's two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at gearlive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.